the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I like talking digital trends. I like talking demographics. I like talking census data. It's one of the things that I did when I first got into the financial industry was I really looked at the census data. And the data, I'm a data guy. Um, I've got something called a sleep sense. And uh, it's a, a little sensor that you put on your pillow and it analyzes what time you go to bed, the temperature of the room the humidity in the room, the noise in the room, the darkness in the room. And every night it gives you a score and it tells you you woke up three times. And, you know, I kind of now start remembering that I woke up and I had to urinate or something. So I'm changing the way I drink before bed, trying to always remember to, you know, urinate before going to bed. But a couple things, you know, uh, that... So I'm big into census data. And like I said, when I early, first got into this industry, I, I'd study you know, how old America is getting and what do old people consume? Healthcare. So I invested in healthcare companies. And then I saw things like Viagra. And it was the most popular re-prescribed drug of all time. So I bought some Pfizer, and I did very, very well. Or some Merck, uh, in the case of Viagra. But... You get the idea is that we're consuming more pharmaceuticals, and you can see it just based on the, the, the data of, at the census of how old America is getting. So at one point in time, there was something called the grain of America. That was an investment theme. Now there's basically the millennials, and we study them as much as we can. In the 19th and 20th century, we had movements. 21st century will have movements. Um... So you study as, as much as you can about history, and you study as much as you can about what's, what's going on right now. So I think the big Internet trends are heavily tied towards, you know, um, smartphones. And, you know, the smartphones are giving us a lot more computing power and a lot more human potential. So back in the... 18th century or pre-18th century, we were a cultivating society and an extraction. We would take, you know, uh, coal out of the ground, oil out of the ground. And then we became a manufacturing industrial society in the 19th and 20th century. Now we're literally trying to figure out our, our best potential. And like I said, it comes in a lot of levels, whether it's video games where 45 years ago we were playing Pong and then we got consoles and we're playing against our friends, Tank Wars. Then we got into local area networks where I remember 20 years ago coming to the Bay Area and there was, you know, LAN parties. And people would meet up at a place and then, you know, 
put every, all their computers into a network and start killing each other playing Doom in the same room. And that was pretty darn cool. Now we're getting to the point where you can go, you know, national, international. The CEO of, of Cisco Systems many years ago, a guy was named John Chambers, and he talked about local area networks becoming wide area networks. We'll sell equipment for that. And how they become metro area networks. We'll sell the equipment for that. And then it became, you know, uh, nationwide. Then it became, you know, uh, country to country, underwater networks, space networks. So when we landed on Mars and the Mars rover was sending information back, he's talking about, you know, war- networks from planetary networks. And I get that. So, uh, so the rate of change is pretty amazing. And the amount of data being accumulated right now is stunning. So, and we're going to learn more and more about things along the lines of, um, you know, healthcare and the data points being there was that a hundred years ago, you had a doctor come to your house or you went to the, the hospital and he had a bag and he had a stethoscope, um, and he'd take your blood pressure. And about 25 years ago, we started getting some of these things, uh, machine assistant, and we started going analog. Um, so like you probably remember the blood pressure cuff that automatically enables now. Now things are going digital. So with your, I've got a friend who tracks her period um, with her smartphone. And so one of the things she'll look at when it comes time for a vacation, she'll go, no, let's go the following week. I think that's cute, right? Um, <clears throat> So we're at kind of a digital inflection point where now our healthcare information is going into our phone. I know you can buy thermometers now that plug into your your uh, Apple device, your iPhone. Um, there's wireless now, uh, Bluetooth-enabled thermometers, which is pretty cool. So we have rapid growth in digital health data. We got a lot of data accumulation got a lot of data insight which is generated following accumulation integration data and then we have a lot of translation going on uh, which is you know therapeutics and healthcare delivery so we get measurable outcomes and iterations so the innovation cycle times are compressing on these so measurement is most widely used medical technology now is tied towards digital and being connected my dentist I remember uh, when you used to get a crown, um, I used to date someone who <clears throat> worked for kind of like a Hollywood dentist that moved to San Francisco, and he would send out your veneers and crowns to get made at a lab. Now they're doing it 3D technology-wise in-store, and that cuts out the lab guy who kind of had this crazy skill and crazy equipment that was kind of a middleman. So back in the 2000s, we had 2D and analog x-rays. Now we have 3D x-rays that are much more graphic and digital, and they can be stored a lot easier. Um, An ECG, an electric cardiogram, um, used to be paper-based, and it was analog. And uh, now it's wearable and digital. Blood pressure used to have a cuff that they put on. Now it's, you know, uh, it, you know, they put a cuff on it and it blow up a little balloon thing. 
and then the, you know release the the pressure and then see how long it takes for your blood to start beating in between beats or something like that. They'd count it. I don't know how blood pressure works. Don't ask me. Um, you get the idea. So now it's they put the cuff on. It closes up and gives your blood pressure in a digital readout. 120 over 80. Uh, when you used to go to hospital rooms, you know, the hospital monitoring of your stats was bedside. Nurses had to come in and take a look. Now everything's remote and it's digital. So nurses could sit at the nurse's station and monitor 20 rooms versus walking around to 20 rooms. A lot of changes going on. A lot of 21st century changes in diagnostic technology. Uh, commercially available lab tests are on the rise. We'll talk about this and more and trends that you can invest in. Hospitals are becoming a lot more profitable because of digitization. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Hello, hello. Is this on? It's one of my favorite things to do when I'm on a remote location. So on radio, I don't actually have to be at the studio. And uh, one of the things you can do to freak out the producer is like, hello, can you hear me? Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm not certain anything about a retirement home. Not like an old folks home, but where I want to retire. And uh, going, through that, going through that is a little bit diff- different. Like I got to think, do I want to rent it out for a few years? Do I actually want to live there now? But for instance, I'm thinking Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara. Um, so first things first, right? Check my credit. See if I can, you know, see if I can afford it. See what sort of rates I'd get. Kind of start, start with yeah, some. There's definitely the, the whole, we've, we're, we've been seeing low rates for many years. Um, and you want to lock that in. The other part too, is that you're still working. Um, right. A lot of people can make the mistake where they look at a retirement home after they retire, uh, which can, in a lot of cases with a fixed income, fixed pension, fixed social security may not work. Some people retire that don't have that. They're just relying on social security. They might even be at social security yet and they're trying to retire and they don't have the income and they have just a lot of cash. So there, there are more options for people that have a lot of cash that can get a loan, but it's, you know, it's, I think it's important that you start when looking when you have income. That's right. And what I'm actually thinking about doing is getting a home equity line of credit and selling part of my current home to buy part of a new home. Still have two homes. The current home that I'm living in has incredibly low interest rate. Totally easy. It's totally affordable. But if I pulled $400,000 out of that, it's literally buying another home with the equity. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's also diversifying a little bit. And the the strategy of renting it out for a year or two years, maybe even longer before you move into this property and retire, not saying that you're two years out of retirement, but you, you get the idea that it's it you don't really locked into it. It may actually turn out to be an investment that you keep. And then gotcha. may, maybe you move that money, sell that property, move it to your final destination. But it also gets your feet wet with the, 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 the community that you're moving to. So um, it's, it, it is a difficult task to say, I want to retire here, but I'm not going to retire for five, 10 years. Right. Um, you, things might change. So it's kind of funny because I've, I've been talking to a realtor and uh, we're in two different cities. So it makes it very, very difficult. So I've actually made a point of, of meeting him. That's going to be super important for me. 
Um, another thing, though, is like instead of using the home equity line of credit, I could use my emergency fund. But then I stop and remind myself, no, 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 it's an emergency fund. So I'd rather sell part of my current home, take some cash out of it, and uh, put it somewhere else. So I plan to spend no more than 30% of my income on my housing. Like, I can't just dip into, like, I can't just, I got to eat. I, that's I, a decent, I, I got some meat on my bones. That's you know? a good ratio. Okay. Um, the standard is 27. So if you're at 30, which you can go higher, you can go up to about 38, 40%, depending on what kind of loan you get. But that's a, that, that's a respectable ratio. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Any more than 30% in your finances are going to get tight, leaving you financially vulnerable when something inevitably goes wrong. Um, I've told the story many times on the show about a man who, um, his daughter was a millennial and she's lovely and she was looking to me to be kind of mentor. And then she told me the story about her dad had a house in Fremont, took some money out, bought another house, took some money out, bought another house, took some money out, bought another house. Um, all four get foreclosed on when things get tough. He takes on a second job to kind of cover up his, his late in life mistake of buying too much real estate. And he has a heart attack and dies. The end. No more debt. <laughs> well, except for the wife who kind of inherited some of that. True. Um, so paying for a home inspection, you know what I'm going to do? I've been in my house now seven or eight years in the current location. I'm going to pay for a home inspection because I like those guys to come out and tell me things like, oh, your roof's going to last two more years. Because I get on top of the house. I'm like, it's a roof. Yeah, they're not terribly expensive. They Unless, they, of course, they find something. But that's something you need to know about. Yeah. It could be a foundation. could be um, some wood destroying pests of some sort you you got to get that out of the way if if especially if you're going to sell the house down the road right and like things like um uh water heaters like there's real men in the world who have tape measures and they can say that water heater is seven years old they typically go about nine what okay so i better get out because once i went into my garage and the water heater was spraying hot water everywhere i was like damn what do i do I better go call a real man. <laughs> it's like the time the a rat got in my house. I had to have a neighbor woman come come help me with it because I didn't know what do you do with a rat. Uh, that's a little scary. Do you when you hear him running around in the walls. In this case, um, I think a cat wounded it and it jumped through my doggy door. Ooh. And uh, I didn't know what to do. You know, I knew that I wanted it out of the house, but I didn't know like what's the protocol. Do you throw a towel on it? Do you kick it? Tennis racket. It? Tennis racket. Like I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, what if I, I put it with a tennis racket? It climbs up the racket and bites me. Like, I, I didn't know. Other things. Um, so, home inspections are super cool. And there's, uh, I know a guy who he gives you like a, a 25 page manual on your house, and he shows you everything, which I think is fantastic. So, you need to factor in costs beyond the sticker costs. So, I'm looking to potentially buy a retirement home in Santa Barbara, and like, I need to start thinking about some other things. The closing costs, obviously. Um, maintaining the house if i'm going to be a landlord uh getting that you know proper inspection is super important any other things i should think about that's come to mind well you you know from the mortgage point of view we we always look at you know the qualifying if you do indeed buy it as a retirement home you're really buying it and not moving into it you're really buying it as a rental property if you're not renting it then you're assuming all of that debt so you have to kind of consider if that's what you want to do do you want to put somebody in the house and then move into it. Some people don't like that. Some people don't want to, they just don't feel it doesn't vibe with them at all. Um, 
So you, you may want to consider if you're going to have a renter in there or not. And if you don't, can you absorb that debt? So we, we always look at it from the mortgage point of view. Um, we're lucky right now in this kind of tight guideline era of mortgages that the lenders kind of dictate that, or they try to, um, that you're not going to spend too much money or you're going to not spend too much over your, um, your allowable income. Um, but once you get past that threshold, then it's purely just preference. I, th- I think after right. a period of time, uh, are you going to actually move into this house? But I think it's a great way to test a market and test, uh, you know, especially if you can spend some time there. I hear you. So maybe not go too far overboard first because you may not want that house and maybe you want to get another one. Okay. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at com. He's my mortgage lender and he's the guy I go to with questions. If I have a question like, who pays the commissions? Is it the buyer or the seller? He has the answer for me. And that's kind of important because that's a lot of money. You can find him at com. That's com. And it's Tony Mendez. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your San Jose Barracuda Hockey Updates. One of my favorite things to do, talk hockey. Talk San Jose Barracuda Hockey. The San Jose Barracuda are on AM 1220 KDOW. We broadcast their games with Nick Nolenberger, but joining me now, first and foremost, talk about where they are in the season. Barracuda defenseman Jake Middleton. How are you, Mr. Middleton? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks. I'm doing well. Um, sorry for getting out of bed early. Uh, you got a couple big oh, games no this problem. weekend. Uh, how are you feeling about where you are in the season so far? Good so far. Um, with another young team again, but our, our record's steadily improving, and it's been good so far. Yeah, it started off a little slow, but uh, you're making some yeah. progress in the standings, which is kind of where you want to be. You don't want to be in first yeah. at this point in time. You want to be in striking distance. Um, but uh, how's the defense on the team looking? Good, good. Like I said, we're kind of a young decor back there. Um, but we've showed all these first few games that we played, first 12, we're looking good so far, and there's only improvement that can be done, and it's looking good. You're entering your second professional season right now. People could find out more about the Barracuda by going to SJ Barracuda, but I always say it's such an experience to go to a game. What are you finding yourself uh, playing in the AHL as a young man who came out of Ontario? Uh, the hockey's fast here, really fast, um, especially in the Pacific Division. we got a lot of big bodies, a lot of heavy men playing the game out here on the West Coast, which makes the game pretty exciting. What's your uh, defensive style game like? Are you a speed skater like a Brent Burns, or are you more of a? No, a big no, power? I'm more of a more of a defensive guy. I don't score too many goals. I don't set up too many goals, but uh, I try my best to keep the puck out of the net and get the puck out of our, our zone. So you uh, you pick up some penalty minutes. You don't get a lot of goals. So you're kind of a stay at home defenseman, which is is great to have yeah. in the NHL. Still very much yeah, so a commodity. Yeah, I mean, it's a role that's kind of dying so you got to step up your offensive abilities uh, a bit in this new game but uh no it's fun for sure the new game is speed i think is what you're alluding to and uh yeah really fast really fast and uh it always seems to be a weakness when you're in the playoffs of having it is good no uh roy sommer yeah, uh, playing for a legendary coach how's that working out for you unbelievable i mean you can't complain when you got a guy with 20 years experience behind the bench um, I saw he was four wins away from 700 or whatever, and that's a 
a feat not many people are able to achieve. So it's pretty exciting. You're working as the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Their season seems to be going a little pretty good, pretty good. Um, odds of getting called up sometimes maybe an injury. Maybe it's sometimes uh, giving guys some rest. Uh, yeah, as a San Jose sure. Barracuda, um, do you all watch the games, the Sharks games? and Do you watch oh, them as a absolutely. team? Do you... uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure everyone watches them as a team, I'd say. But I think everyone's got the games on at home. Um, I mean, you're vying for those guys' spots on that team, and you'd never wish an injury upon anybody. Um, but watching the game would sure help if you were to get a call up in the time being. So watching the games, you kind of get a look at how they play. And we're right next door at the, the Solar for Ice there. Uh, so it's good to keep an eye on what they're doing just in case the, the possibility of a call up is there. Now, this is going to sound like an odd question, but go with me on this one, Jake. Um, right. AHL, AHL payrolls, probably not in the millions of dollars. How does a young man oh, like no. you and other Barracuda make ends meet? I'm sure the San Jose organization gives you places to live. I'm not even sure of that, but I'm assuming that. What's it look like oh, no. being an NHL player? We, uh, I mean, it's not. It's obviously not uh, anything that the Sharks make in that, but we're also not uh, scraping by with things either. We're, we're well off in that sense. Um, everyone's got their own apartment and that type of thing, so... They don't necessarily provide for us, but they give us a couple apartments that are uh, lenient, I should say. So we kind of work around that with our, our media staff and that, and they help us find places. But like I said, no, we, we're not making the, the big millions right now, um, but we're not, we're not poor either. We're not scraping by. We're able to provide for ourselves and, and still become better hockey players at the same time. It's interesting because uh, as a radio guy and television guy, I'm not a tech guy, um, so I'm a fish out of the water. Me neither. Exactly. (laughs) So in this area, you are a fish out of the water if you don't work at Facebook or Google. Uh, Two weekend games. You've got a game against Ontario Rain Saturday and Sunday. There's plenty of tickets available, sjbarracuda.com. The tickets are affordable. The tickets are always – they've got fun themes to them, superhero day, free parking, things along those lines. Um, the day games, do you enjoy those tilts versus going in the evenings? I do personally. I enjoy those afternoon games. Um, less time to think, you know, you don't get as nervous in that. If you're waiting all day for a game, you get pretty excited and amped up. So those afternoon ones where you can wake up and get a good meal and then it's right to the rink. Uh, I enjoy those ones. Sounds good. We'll have a good games this weekend, and uh, we'll see you around the, the, the rink, so to speak. I appreciate you joining us. Jacob Milton, defenseman's SJ Barracuda. A lot of good games coming up um, in the month of November. We still have plenty of time uh, for the uh, Barracuda to make up in the standings a little bit. Uh, a lot of home games, too, this weekend against the Ontario Reign. The Ontario Reign, it's Ontario, California. It's not Ontario, Canada. And they are the AHL affiliate of the LA Kings. So beat LA. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Talking a little SJ Barracuda hockey. Um, And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'd like to see the, the lifestyle of an AHL player because they're not quite there yet. But the Sharks have gone young this year. The Barracuda have gone younger this year. So a lot of future NHL talent could be heard and seen at the rink. And what an experience that is. Uh, SAP Center is a great world-class event-holding location. So getting tickets to a Barracuda game scores you kind of some good family entertainment.
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, invested, and more. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We could talk about the market's huge. I hate saying huge because it's so associated with someone else right now. But the huge rally we saw yesterday tied towards uh, the tax plan getting pushed through. Uh, we still don't have all the details on it, uh, but we're getting there. And um, it's going to have to get through another round. We get the Tesla's new unveiled first electric semi, and it looks like a spaceship. I don't know how I feel about that, uh, but I talked yesterday. I gave you kind of like all the background on why Tesla needs to get into big trucks. Um, big trucks have a big expense tied towards labor of the person who drives them. So unveiling this big tr- semi uh, and pairing it with Tesla's autopilot should help. Uh, the big rig has an impressive range of about 500 miles per charge. Tesla's going to begin production of the vehicle in 2019. They say they've already got orders coming in. Tesla also unveiled a, work, a working prototype of its new Roadster. That's the fastest car in the world. Zero to 60 in five seconds for the truck. Zero to 60 uh, miles per hour in 20 seconds when hauling 80,000 pounds of cargo. Uh, four motors on the rear axle. Windshield is made of uh, resistant impact-resistant glass. I mean, this is, this is a self-driving missile, also known as a truck. Um pretty fascinating what they're trying to pull off and how fast they're trying to pull it off. But the production is never nearly as fast as you would want. Um, and that's why it's one of the heaviest shorted stocks in the world. Uh, a lot of people betting that failure to produce uh, the product that you say you could produce is going to become a problem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Square is a Jack Dorsey company. And the person who cuts my hair, she takes Square. And Square stock is up 200%, and it's still gaining right now. Uh, one analyst just upgraded it to outperform, and this is an Evercore analyst. So he looks at Square. It's a payment system, raising uh, the price target from 25 to $51. That's a big jump, a big jump. Uh, Kumar thinks the company will post revenue growth of about 40% in 2018 and 35% in 2019, which ahead of the 31% and 29% it just came off of. What's interesting to note about that is that's not fantastic. That's not unprecedented growth. Square doesn't have to spend very much to attract new merchants. And they've got an overwhelming majority of larger sellers choosing to onboard themselves. So the Cash app, it's free. gets folks more familiar with the Square's brand. Square Cash is a peer-to-peer payments tool. It's very similar to Venmo, and it recently gave some of its users the chance to buy and sell Bitcoin. So it's now becoming a backdoor play on Bitcoin. And that's probably the rub. That's probably the sexiest rub on it, um, as far as important to note. Nike's in the news today. Speaking of sports and hockey and everything else, they're upping their dividend trading higher on that news. The board of directors have uh, increased their dividend 11%. The stock um, traded up on that news. The quarterly dividend will raise to 20 cents a share from 18 cents. Factoring in the higher dividend, the stock is yielding just about 1.4%. So that's not a lot as far as dividend-paying companies. But if you own $100 in Nike, they give you a buck forty throughout the year. And when the stock market goes sideways, you still get your buck forty. 
that's one of the secrets of success on Wall Street is having some dividend-paying stocks that basically take care of you during those sideways years. Um, and some people choose to reinvest their dividends. Some people choose to take their cash and run and pay taxes on it. Um, I'm a reinvestor kind of guy. I'm at that point where I can still do that, and it doesn't stress me out. So Apple's been upping their dividend. Qualcomm's up in their dividend. You're now seeing Nike up their dividend. It's a way that a company shows its, not appreciation, but it's just like you. It has a job. It's considered a person by the IRS. And in this case, it's it's making more money, and it's sharing more money. So 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. By the way, the thought on Square for me is I think they'll be acquired at some point in time by maybe like a PayPal. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Broadcom has closed their $5.5 billion brocade deal. That's in the news. The S&P, the Dow, lower as health stocks are weighing on the market. As the Trump agenda is focusing a little bit back on appealing of Obamacare. And what does that look like? We know healthcare is a you know billion, billion, billion dollar industry. Um, so all the market's running into a little bit of resistance. I'm not upset. I'm not worried. I'm not stressed. If the tax plan gets some sort of uh, life stickiness to it in the next 30 days, the markets can support another higher leg up. But there is resistance. Stocks are hovering just below their all-time highs. Financial stocks are weak as the yield curve continues to flatten. Retailers are solidly higher following a beat batch of earnings. Seeing weakness today in financials and tech. And financials and tech, as sectors go, they tend to be, uh, you would want them to be stronger if you would want them to be quote-unquote leaders. Um, so Chipotle Mexican Grill is catching a little bit of a bid. Man, that company has had a rough, rough go of it. I own none. I was fascinated by the growth story of it on how a quick service restaurant was able to hit such amazing growth, and it, it, it never ran into growing problems, and then it did. company reported earnings back in October. It gapped down. It's playing with that gap now. But technically, it's starting to look like it's it's done its work on putting in the bottom. Now, again, I'm not a technician. Uh, that ain't my cup of tea. Intel's in the news today. Uh, Apple's looking into using Intel to power super fast 5G phone. So this has the whole Qualcomm fingerprints that we're negotiating in the media without you kind of thing. Apple engineers believe Intel's technology will satisfy its requirements for a future phone. It's just not fast enough right now. And when we want the 5G speeds, you want Qualcomm's chips right now. Qualcomm's 5G modem chips offer more specialized carrier features. Uh, but one source says right now that many will not be adopted by carriers. Uh, Apple engineers believe that Intel's 5G modem uh, more than hits its requirements that would have to be given to the carriers. Intel's lagged far behind Qualcomm in the modem market. So this one, I, I like Intel. I think they're a fine company. And if you're looking at some of the old horsemen of the NASDAQ, Intel, uh, Microsoft, Cisco, they're they're an all-time high. They're not. 
at all-time highs or they're near all-time highs. And that's pretty cool for them. The NBA is in the news today. Uh, heartbreaker of a game last night, if you're a Warriors fan. It seems like, I don't know, it's just chippy. It didn't look like good basketball. Then out of nowhere, Boston pulls it out. Uh, the Supreme Court's going to hear a case that the NBA is involved in, and it's tied towards betting, ways to legalize sports betting in New Jersey. Um, even though the NBA and most of the other leagues have indicated that they do support legalized sports betting in America, the NCAA, the NFL, the NBA, the Major League Baseball, the NHL all oppose New Jersey's case. The reason right now for the league is they're trying to get some nuance that it gets a little bit more explaining. And ultimately, they want to make some money on it. Um, and I don't know how I feel. It's, to me, it's, it's kind of a non-story. It's out there today. Spotify is buying an online recording studio called Soundtrap. More and more podcasts are being developed. Music streaming company Spotify has bought online music and audio recording studio Soundtrap. I've never used Soundtrap. I should look into it because... I should look into it. Soundtrap's rapidly growing business is highly aligned with Spotify's vision of uh, democratizing the music ecosystem. Spotify is aiming to file its intention to float with U.S. regulators at the end of this year to list in the first or second quarter. So Spotify buying a music company. Isn't Spotify the company I pay $9.99 for? I had an interesting conversation on that. I pay for Apple Music. I think it's a good service. I don't think it's a great service. Spotify is a great service. They're basically priced at the same level. And a friend of mine's like, why don't you use Spotify? I was like, well, because I own shares of Apple. And the look was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, nope. If I own shares of GM, I'd buy GM cars. Is that wrong of me? I don't own shares of GM. I don't have a GM car. Are you out of your mind? Williams and Snowba is in the news today. You know Williams Nelma, right? Uh, they make luxury goods. Like if you want some classic beer steins or something like that, oh my, that's my, probably my. where you would want to go. They're buying a San Jose-based 3D printing company, imaging and augmented reality. They're spending $112 million in cash. Now you're like, 3D luxury home goods. How does it fit? Outwards, uh... I don't know if it does. The name of the company is Outward, and they bring proprietary and transformative technology, which is at the forefront of their industry. Um, they're going to collaborate on technology and enable applications and product visualization, digital room design, and augmented and virtual reality. And now it starts to make sense. Augmented reality, getting goods in your home, seeing what they would look like. IKEA is already doing this with an app with for the iPhone X. So... It is a San Jose-based company, and they just got acquired for ten and a half, or they had eleven and a half million dollars in venture capital. And they get acquired for over a hundred million dollars. Not too bad. So, how does that Chesterfield leather sofa look in your house? That's what they're doing. It's the future of shopping. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.